Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong has a contract with the Secret Service, Bitcoin's environmental impact after the halving, and in our main story, Ripple founder is building his own surveillance network in San Francisco. All coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Happy Monday. I hope everybody had a safe, fun, and relaxing weekend. And when I mean safe, I mean mask up, wash your hands, sanitize your hands, and social distance. The COVID cases in the South and the Southwest are absolutely skyrocketing. So if you're living down there, make sure that you are taking full precautions. Let's believe the science. Let's not take unnecessary risks. If you think that 1% chance of dying from this is a risk to take, think about what you're doing. You want to take a risk of being on a ventilator or dying because you want to go to the grocery store without a mask? Come on now, just mask up. Now, going into crypto a little bit, I had an interesting weekend because I have to every once in a while I go onto you know the sites, the telegrams, the discords, the slacks, what have you, and I found out what my coins, my holdings are doing. And while I'm doing that, I always find that there are new things that I have to deal with, which is a big frustration in the crypto space. I just found out that one of the coins that I'm hodling, that I'm a hodler of, is changing from a BEP2, which is a Binance chain token, to an ERC20 token. And this was only after they changed from an ERC20 to a BEP2. Now they're changing back to the ERC20, which means I have to swap my tokens again. And if you guys don't know how this works, you have to basically send your tokens to the company, which means you don't have control of. They send you their new tokens back, hopefully, and then you can start hodling and put them in your wallet as normal and if you miss a certain window of their exchange if they don't do it on say an exchange or in a wallet automatically switching them to the new token and you have to go through this whole rigmarole this whole process if you miss this window of their exchange you are out of luck i'm gonna have to say i don't want to take that chance with my money so it's just frustrating guys pay attention to what you're hodling and what they're doing at the time because it could save you a lot of money Speaking of money, let's take a look at these crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Well, Bitcoin and crypto prices haven't done much over the weekend. They're pretty much flat. I'm recording this at noon, by the way. And the prices of Bitcoin is 92.67, up 1% from Friday when I reported it. Ethereum's at 241.77, again up 1%. Litecoin's at 44.54, up 1%. Bitcoin Cash is down a half percent at 235.36 and XRP is up two and a half percent at 20.2 cents. I hope everybody listening to the show knows when I have sneaky music in the background, it's going to be about some sneaky stuff. This is about surveillance. In our main story today, we're going to talk to Decrypt writer Matthew DeSalvo about his article, Ripple Founder is Building a Surveillance Network in San Francisco. I think this is sneaky, but let's get the facts. And let's go right over to Matthew. Matthew, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. Man, you wrote this article that really, I think is super bizarre. It's a Ripple Founder is building a surveillance network in San Francisco. Dude, I don't know what's going on. I have lots of questions about this, but could you please summarize this article for me? 
Yeah, so it really is as strange as it sounds, Matthew. Ripple's co-founder, Chris Larson, was basically fed up with uh, the number of property thefts in his city, San Francisco. He, uh, even though San Francisco is actually quite a safe city, there's not much violent crime, but theft is pretty common. So he decided to splash out a small sum of uh, nearly $4 million um, for a surveillance system around the city, which covers, I think, 135 blocks of the city. Not used by the police force. The police have nothing to do with it. It's actually, um, fund- he's funding the project and citizens are the ones managing it. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's what he's doing in San Francisco. What was his fire starter for this? Like, why did he decide to go ahead and splash $4 million worth of surveillance cameras around the city? Apparently, it's uh, the police are quite slow to respond to thefts in San Francisco, according to an article by the New York Times. But um, Chris Larson's father-in-law was robbed, and then he had his own car windows smashed, and then a group of men climbed into his garden and cut the wires to his home security system. Um, Apparently, his children were asleep inside the house, and that's when he... Yeah, finally said this is enough and um, yeah, decided to splash out on high definition video cameras, um, capture the streets. So according to your article, there's 136 blocks being surveilled with his equipment funded by him, monitored by civilians. And this is only opinion. This isn't in your article and I doubt you had this in your research, but I'm curious, what is your opinion about a... Seems seems like a pretty wealthy dude. If you have $4 million just to spend on cameras, you're probably pretty wealthy. Putting cameras up in a city and having average people monitoring those cameras. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, um, I wouldn't be too comfortable with a tech bro um, splashing out that cash on on uh, to to keep keep an eye on my city. Um, I also think it's uh, yeah, it's a question of control. You know, how much how much control do you want to give this guy? He is, after all, just a citizen himself that just happens to have a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too comfortable with it, but <clears throat> we have to remember that, um, there are cameras going up in all major cities around, around the world in London, in New York and in Moscow, it's getting pretty scary. They've got facial recognition cameras there, but, um, uh, Chris Larson did reassure. Yeah. Facial recognition would be a step too far. Um, this is just to deter theft and, um, yeah, things won't be getting too dystopian <laughs> anytime soon. Matthew, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us about this article. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Okay, so I thought this is still a little bit not normal. A citizen installing cameras around a city to monitor theft. So I reached out to my good friend, Mr. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, for his opinion. Guy I trust in the space, and I value his opinion. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Ripple's founder is building his own surveillance network in San Francisco. I think this is crazy. Am I wrong with this or is this crazy? It depends, right? If he really is doing it for altruistic reasons and he wants to keep his community safe and he believes this is the way to do it, I'm all about it. The only challenge I see is while he says it's not going to have facial recognition and it's not going to be used for that today, what's to say that doesn't change tomorrow? I I understand that it depends. Of course, this is the case of the benevolent dictator sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but facial recognition, we already know that algorithms and the way that they're designed and the programs have biases in there. But he said there's no facial recognition right now. This is going to be monitored by citizens. But citizens are known to have biases. What's the difference between a facial recognition bias and a dude that's sitting behind a monitor going, oh, a black guy is walking through the neighborhood. Um 
let's call the cops and see what's going on. You know, you, again, I, I tell you, you're, you're right on that. And it's hard to get bias out of any system. I mean, even with this AI system that's coming about, I forget, I think it was down in Florida, maybe somewhere down there where they tried to deploy this AI. And again, it had prejudice to it. It's, it's tough. And again, these are the, these are the catch-22s of systems like this. At the same time, though, I feel for the guy. Listen, if I had the money and I lived in the community and people were doing smash and grab, and in my community, there was somebody that was doing smash and grab. Listen, I'm going to do something to help. And if I had the funds, I would do the exact same thing he's doing. People need to be reined in. Do you think there's a problem with people, uh, let's say very wealthy people, he spent $4 million on this system that covers 136 city blocks of surveillance that he funded. Do you think that there is an issue with wealthy people having to step up and do this because the cities can't? And do you think that this is a good way for the power balance to be uh, moving from away from government, away from cities and democracies to individuals with a lot of money that have to take action? You know, uh, possibly. Uh, I just read an article a little off topic, but it was about there's 83 millionaires, wealthy people that's going to the government and saying, you need to tax us more, right? I think there is a responsibility of those who are in power to be able to do things like that. Now, we're in a culture where we're so suspicious of everybody. Listen, at some point, listen, I I consider myself a good guy. I think I have good morals. I think I have good intentions. If I had the resources, I would want to help in some of those ways. Would people look at me and then start saying, oh, he's just doing this because of, you know, nefarious reasons? No, I'm not. I'm trying to help. Let me help. So these wealthy people, if they're trying to do things that are helpful, let them help. Agreed. Agreed. And and I do think you're a good guy as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or I wouldn't be friends with you, my friend. Right. right. <laughs> um, where's the slippery slope with this? I mean, I, we all can see this. Do you see that there's a point where we go and we have to go in and say, that's enough of this? Where And where, where does that line be drawn? I mean, and it's hard to draw it with the government. Is it even harder to draw it with a, with a private citizen that's using his own money? I, th- I think it is, but but here's a, here's where I, I draw my line. If I decide, again, I get into a position where I can do things like this, as long as I'm following certain guidelines and pr- principles and rules and regulations that have been put into place, then I think that that's fair. And again, I'm not saying any of this is easy, but as a leader, and this is what our world is lacking so much, as leaders, we should have integrity. Integrity means that if I'm going to do something, I do what I say I'm going to do. But if I don't, I'm the first person to say something about it. Listen, Chris, if he wants to put in a system like this and he says he's not going to use facial recognition, then don't. But if he decides one day, either through pressure from someone or some system that says this, it's up to him to make a very tough decision. And this is what I would do. Let's say I put this system in place in my 135 block community and we're doing the right thing with it. All of a sudden the government comes and say, hey, Paul, we need that footage. And I'll tell them, you can't have that footage for, for, for good reasons. It's up to me at that point to say either I keep the network up or I shut it down. Listen, shut it down. If someone wants me to go against my principles, shut it down. Last question, and I really like what you said with integrity. I was watching Andreas Antonopoulos a couple years back at F Denver, and one of his speeches, he says that 
if you give the government the option to show, or and this is paraphrasing, of course, because he said it way more eloquently than I could. But the FDAO hack showed that you can roll back and, and manipulate the blockchains. And one thing about the Bitcoin blockchain is they never showed that option to the government. Do you think blockchain could be a solution for these cameras? Because like you just said, if the government comes up to him and say, hey, we want you to give us the footage by him saying, I don't want to is putting himself in danger saying, I don't want you to do something that I could do. Therefore, he could get arrested. And there's a difference between saying, I don't want to do something, then I can't do something. I agree. And yes, Chris is in this industry. He knows what he needs to do. This system should be built on a blockchain that's decentralized that he can do nothing about. And if anybody asks, he should say, guess what? My hands are tied. There's nothing I can do. And I agree with you. And that's where it's up to him to be able to put that system in place. But no, I agree with you there. I think blockchain can provide solutions. And, and you know what? Put it on Bitcoin blockchain. Listen, there's nothing you could do about it, right? There's no centralized blockchain. Paul, I always, I always appreciate your opinions. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, you're welcome, man. I enjoyed it. Hmm. It seems as though we're going to have to see how this plays out. Anybody care to make a friendly wager? You can send me an email at matthewaron at decryptmedia.com. And in other news, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong is on the defense from crypto Twitter because he licensed the U.S. Secret Service a blockchain analytics software that got him a four-year deal worth a little bit under $184,000. Brian Armstrong said he's trying to recoup a little bit of the $13.5 million that Coinbase spent on acquiring blockchain intelligence startup Neutrino last year. He says, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not that big of a deal. All this information is pretty much public. It floats around on the blockchain. All we're doing is providing it in a package for the Secret Service. Well, Crypto Twitter and the CEO and founder of Kraken, Jesse Powell, says, When Michael Groninger left Kraken to start chain analysis, we chose not to develop this business internally. And we chose not to invest in analytics firms because we never wanted to have a conflict of interest with our clients. We didn't want to profit from selling out your financial privacy. In all fairness to Coinbase and Kraken, Coinbase, which is located in the United States, in California, has a lot different regulations and rules to deal with than Kraken, which deals with the EU. But remember, due to AML and KYC, Coinbase does have a lot of your personal data. So to match it with your blockchain and blockchain transactions is not that hard to do. And Bitcoin's energy consumption is in question again. After falling off a cliff after the halving, Bitcoin's energy demands continue to trend upwards. Did you know that one Bitcoin transaction is equivalent to the carbon footprint of about 626,000 Visa transactions? And did you know that the entire Bitcoin blockchain's network mining energy consumption is about the same as Algeria? And that the average peak of energy consumption is around 59.19 terawatt hours. So let me summarize that for you. It uses a lot of power and it's not that efficient. Now here comes my two cents. I need some music for my two cents. My two cents. My two cents. There, I just sung it for you. My two cents is, who cares? According to Bitcoin Magazine, 74% of Bitcoin mining uses renewable energy. And even if they weren't, who cares? Us as a human species are always going to have to grow. We're going to have to continue to keep using more and more power. Our cars are going electric. So what? We're going to start saying, hey, the cars, we are using too much power. Our cell phones, our computers, 
our lights, our air conditioning. Nobody is complaining about all of these big buildings and air conditionings and stuff like that. They just wanna say Bitcoin. It's a way to change the conversation to demonize Bitcoin. But if we as a human species are gonna to continue to grow, we're gonna always need more and more electricity or energy to consume to power our day-to-day -day lives, to power our appliances, and maybe even our spaceships. My two cents, my two cents is I don't care. <laughs> but again, in all fairness, we should be using as much renewable energy and solar as possible. There's deserts out there. Just put thousands or hundreds of thousands of square miles of solar panels. You can power the world with solar energy. Let's get to it. And that's the news for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like this audio form of the news, make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a comment and a rating. It helps us stay visible and share it so more people can have audio news. If you like the printed version, decrypt.co, or you can get the app on your Google Play or Apple Store. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe.